Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Request nothing personal word of the day. It is Thursday, June 2nd, 2022. And the word of the day is request, as in what the House Oversight Committee has sent to Roger Goodell and Danny Boy Snyder. Thanks for the lead again, the Washington Commandskins. Love you guys. They want to hear from you, Roger and Danny. They want you to testify, they want you to talk. I want to talk about request. Request's a funny word, isn't it? You get an invite to a wedding. We request the presence, your presence. We'd like to request your presence. And then you get the invitation, you open it, and you go through the normal decision-making process. Well, they're requesting it. What's my relationship? Is it a cousin? If I'm in the neighborhood and I'm free that weekend, I will honor that request. But other than that, I'm going to send a gift. Or you get a request, hey, do you mind? The boss is requesting you in his office. Well, requesting, do I have to go now? He demands you to come into my office. All right, I'm on my way, right? So your response depends on the action. Request, there's demand, there's inquire. Respectfully submit my inquiry. Request is such a wimpy word, isn't it? Hey, we like to request that you come to Washington. Do you know what the NFL does when they get requests? I'd like to request to throw out a first pitch. We got that a lot in baseball. Well, that's very nice of you. We're thankful for the request. Or you have a sponsor who says, according to our contract, we have three first pitches and we demand April 22nd because we've got clients coming into town and they really want to see the Rockies. So the first thing you do when you get something from the government, I got something from the government many times. I got something from the SEC. We demand you to appear. So I got a lawyer and I appeared and of course everything was fine because it turns out it wasn't a request. It was a must do. Did you do that with your kids? Is this a must do daddy? Well, no, this is a, you don't have to do it. Do I have to kiss grandma? Well, no, that's a must do. She gets upset. Well, do I have to eat my vegetables? Well, you must eat three of them, but you don't have to eat the other four. So kids figure out early what request means. And then as you go up the ladder, you become an adult, then you start to run a team, own a team, run a league. And request then means totally, totally voluntary. Now, why is it that the house would not subpoena. Subpoena is a big word. Subpoena doesn't mean request. When you get subpoenaed to do something, it's, hey, I need a lawyer because I've got to be at a certain place at a certain time and they're going to ask me to talk. Thank God for the Second Amendment. Just kidding. The Fifth Amendment. Dear Roger, how do you feel about the Washington Red Anders? 
Well, it's nice of you to ask, but I must tell you that I respectfully request that I not answer that question. Well, do you not feel that there should be good workplaces and safe workplaces for women, men, children, people of color, and people of any sexual orientation? Funny you should ask. We feel the same thing, and we did an exhaustive investigation. We gave you access to 460,000 emails at your request. What about you, Danny? Well, I respectfully submit that I have nothing to say to you. So they're going back and forth trying to figure out what to do. But of course, you've got people on the committee who are politicians who are trying to flex their muscles and gnash their terrible teeth and roar their terrible roars and say, look, we sat in a room with a bunch of our aides and we did some focus groups and some polls and we decided that if we request Roger Goodell and Daniel Snyder, we can send out a press release. And in that press release, we can again say how important it is that we are representing the rights of our people, our voters, our constituents, and we want the NFL to be an example for other companies around this country on how to have good workplace conduct. What about asking about the financial improprieties? Oh, no, no, no. We're not going to do that. We don't need to get involved in that. We sent a letter to another committee who's going to request to talk to Roger and Danny about that but this is gonna be okay. But listen, we're gonna submit a PR statement. It's gonna be really good. Watch, here's what it's gonna say. We must have transparency and accountability, which is why we are calling on Mr. Goodell and Mr. Snyder to answer the questions they have dodged for the last seven months. The hearing will explore how Congress can act to prevent employers from silencing victims of workplace misconduct and ensure that what happened at the commander's organization does not happen again. Good luck, Johnny. Do you know what I wish the Congress would do? They make announcements that they're going to meet, they're going to have committees, and they're going to talk about stuff. We're going to talk about the assault weapon ban, Nancy Pelosi said. Let's talk about it. What's there to talk about? Maybe one day someone will explain to me why we need assault weapons and why kids should have access to AR-15s and various other things. But it does make me smile that we have elected people into office who are willing to talk about these things. Forget the expense to the taxpayer because these hearings are not for free. But you have a hearing and then there's a lot that happens because the result is, as they so perfectly stated, we are going to make sure that workplace misconduct doesn't happen again because Mr. Roger Goodell and Mr. Daniel Snyder are going to talk. What do you think they're going to do? What do you think they're going to say? So, of course, the NFL had to release a statement saying that we have absolutely cooperated from the beginning that we will continue to figure out how best to serve Congress and make sure that this type of hearing doesn't happen again. But guess what's happening behind the scenes? The lawyers are meeting because Goodell and Snyder have lawyers and they're talking to the lawyers on Capitol Hill and they're saying, well, can you submit your questions en avance? We'd really like to know what you're going to talk about because you say you're not going to talk about anything that we don't want to talk about. But what if you do want to talk about things that we don't want to answer? Then it's going to look like we're guilty because anytime you invoke the Fifth Amendment, everyone says, wow, why aren't you answering that? Oh, it's my right against self-incrimination. Well, what you're really saying is I did it. Well, that's not what the amendment says. I understand. But practically speaking, when you do not answer questions, when you do not respond to inquiries, when you do not answer questions, 
people look at you with a little bit of contempt, a little bit of scants, just a tiny little glance like, hey, what's going on there? So if you are the Washington Redanders or you are the National Football League, you've got to worry about what gets said in this hearing. But more importantly, as importantly, to me, not as importantly, you have to think about precedent. When baseball was asked to appear in front of Congress, I don't know if you remember this, Bud Sela, go look at the tape, GTS, little detour here. By the way, today is Thursday, June 2nd, Coca is gone. He took two days because he has an unprecedented 69th friend getting married this year. So he's gone for the next two days. We've got Mikey, tomorrow there's no show. You can thank Coca, we'll be back Monday. So Mikey's here. Remember Mikey from Mailbag Episodes? Mikey, if you're not listening to all of his other shows, he does an MMA show that's really quite something. Mikey, you're very good at that. A lot of people are listening. He's producing, directing. How do, how do people find that show? They just download it, right, Mikey? You know you can write down on the document or talk in my ear. You can do anything you want. You don't want me to promote your show? I really want to. I want to tell people what they can listen to and when the next episode's coming out if you want. I mean, it doesn't have to. I mean, they know it's called Mortal Kombat, right? Mortal Kombat. Morning (laughs) All right, ready? Four, six, nine. Mikey's here instead of Coca. Morning Kombat is on YouTube. It's also wherever you get your podcasts. It's on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And the reason why we're promoting it, A, I don't know why I said Mortal Kombat. I've known it's Morning Kombat. It's really a good show, and I have listened to it, and it did increase my interest in the sport, but it's also got great personalities and Mikey. Mikey, are we we square for you waking up early and doing this? Any other things you need me to promote? Should I talk maybe about your girlfriend's sister's wedding in the middle of a tropical storm in the Florida Keys? you want to talk about the weather we could do any of that if you want because do you want me to do a linkedin read or something for morning combat one of their sponsors morning combat slash linkedin slash seventy thousand jobs okay where were we we request the presence did you put request at the wedding invitation can you tell me about the wedding invitation for your girlfriend sister is it mr and mrs john doe request your presence so the president of baseball operations. Oh, I was talking about, I was detouring, Mikey. Come on, get me back on schedule. I was talking about when Bud Selig and Mark McGuire and Rafael Palmero and Sammy Sosa, all the steroid guys were called to testify at a hearing. Remember that? Mark McGuire. I'm not prepared to answer that question. Or Rafael Palmero. Uh, no, I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, you're about to get banged for steroids, and you're telling me you've never done steroids? Oh, I can't even talk about that. Hey, Sammy, is that you? Sammy, we don't recognize you. Any comment? Oh, I don't speak English. Huh? Sammy, I speak to you all the time. Of course you speak English. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Bud Selig had to prepare. He had to testify in front of Congress. And that was the last time any commissioner wants to testify in front of Congress. Bud, you know I love you, man. But when you were in front of Congress, you were absolutely crapping bricks, right? Because you got to make sure you're saying the right thing. You've got lawyers behind you. Rob Manford, oh, no, we can't say that. Don't say that. You should say that. Say just a little bit of this, but make sure you don't get into that. Roger Goodell and Dan. So you know what? We're going to do a bonus wait to see here, Mikey. It's not in the document, so just stay with me. Wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. When it does, we revisit it. When it doesn't, we revisit it. Unlike the gas bags on every other show, not morning combat. 
But the other gas bags who just say crap and then don't even follow up, here's a way to see. And if I'm wrong, I'll get back to it, I promise. Here it goes. Ready? Roger Goodell and Danny Boy Snyder will not appear in front of the oversight committee to testify. Short caveat of a subpoena. Now, subpoena, as you know, means they have to, but the request shall be denied. Here's another request that may be denied. Hey, Mikey, and I don't mean you, Mikey. Well, I could mean you, Mikey, if you're the president of baseball operations for the Washington. We're staying in Washington with the Washington Nationals. They've got this player on their team named Juan Soto. He is one score and three years old. He's been an all-star four times, one of the top five players in baseball, but he's batting 230, and his agent is Scott Boras, and he's not a free agent yet, but he's going to be. And he was offered $350 million to sign with the Nationals, a long-term extension. And he said, no chance, toilet pants, am I signing for three fifty? Because Scotty told me that I am breaking the bank. I'm getting more than anybody's ever gotten, and it's going to have a five handle. I'm going to want $500 million. And the Lerner family, who owns the Washington Nationals, said, hey, that's interesting because we bought the team for under that, and we're about to sell the team. Oh, sorry. I just I just told a confidential secret. Uh-oh. I don't think that can be in the show. Can it be in the show that the Lerner family went public saying they're exploring a sale and they hired Steve Greenberg, Allen & Company to pay them millions of dollars? Why? We didn't do it. There's no reason to hire someone. Well, they're exploring it. They're checking it out. Horse hockey. The Washington Nationals are going to be sold. People are going to get into the due diligence room. They're going to look around at the numbers. They're going to see the real attendance for the Nationals. They're going to see how cool it is to walk into the learner's suite with all the politicians and all the cool things that can happen. They're going to look at all the development around Nationals Park and say, hey, do we get a piece of that? And the learners are going to say, hey, did McCourt give up his parking lots? Of course you're not getting a piece of that. What about the fight with Masson and Peter Angelos and the Orioles over the TV rights? Oh, no. Yeah, that's your problem. Well, what about the revenue from all the ancillary development? Oh, no, that's our money. Well, are you actually selling the team? You're goddamn right I'm selling the team. So the Washington Nationals are being sold. Juan Soto is an asset. People have been very confused. They've been contacting me on Twitter, David P. Sampson, on Instagram. They're trying to DM me and tweet at me and text me. Friends, strangers, Romans countrymen, and they all want to know this. Is signing Juan Soto to a long-term deal a positive or a negative as it relates to buying a team and the value of a team? And my answer has been and will always be the same, and it is ça dépend. It depends on the purchaser. If you can find Derek Jeter to buy your team, then it doesn't matter one iota what your assets are, what your liabilities are, who's under contract, who's not under contract, how good your minor league system is, how bad your major league team is, how many corporate sponsors you have, whether you have a naming rights deal, how many assets are in the seat, what the average ticket price is. None of that matters because it's an EB. Do you know what an EB is? E-G-O-B-U-Y. When there's an ego buy, it doesn't matter what's on the BS balance sheet, it could be BS. 
But if it's not an ego buy, you actually have to have some sort of semblance of an explanation as to why you want two and a half billion dollars for your team. And the Nationals want two and a half billion dollars for their team because they say the Marlins got 1.2. We're definitely double the Marlins. I mean, we won the World Series in 2019. We have way more people in the seats than they do in Miami. And this is Washington, D.C. This is the center of power where requests are made left, right, and center. And people sucking on the teeth of the politicians. So Juan Soto on the books, not signed. That's got to be good, right? You say to potential owners, hey, listen, if you want Juan Soto, you can sign him to whatever deal you want. If you don't want Juan Soto, you can trade him and get a boatload of prospects, or you can keep him and then let him sign somewhere else and try to win a World Series in your first few years. Well, aren't you rebuilding? I mean, your team stinks. They have the worst record in the National League. Oh, I love where your head's at. That's true. We have the best player in the team. On the, we have the best player in the league on the worst team in the league. You mean like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim? Well, they're having a better year, but it's sort of like that. But having Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, boy, that really does increase the value of the team because of, no, no, it really doesn't. Well, what about if we sign Juan Soto to $500 million? How are you gonna look at that if you're a potential buyer? You're gonna say, well, if our payroll can't be $200 million, then we've got a problem because Juan Soto could represent at $40 million a year, $50 million a year. He's going to be almost 25% of the payroll. And my people who I hired to help me buy a team, who I pay millions of dollars to, to tell me things that I'd be happy to tell you for hundreds of thousands of dollars or zero if you just follow the show or follow me on Twitter. I'd be happy to tell you that in fact, having one person at 25% of your payroll is the worst plan ever. It guarantees continued failure, unless you've got an unbelievable number of performing young players. How's your minor league system? Eh, not great. Okay. So the learners decide that they're not going to trade Juan Soto, which is exactly what I said on TikTok or on the show a long time ago, that there is no way they're trading Juan Soto. So yesterday, Mike Rizzo, the president of baseball operations, made this big pronouncement on radio. He was on the Sports Junkies, which is a great show on 106.7 that I've been on in Washington. It's really quite good. And he said, we are not trading Juan Soto. We made it clear to his agent and to the player. Do you know how many times I've made it clear to an agent and to a player that we were not trading a player and then we traded a player? It doesn't matter what you made clear to the agent. It doesn't matter what you made clear to the player because you don't know the agent or the player. One thing. Literally, not one thing. That said, if I'm a team who wants to try to acquire Juan Soto, I'm calling up Mike Rizzo and I'm saying, hey, Mikey, we like him. And Mike Rizzo is going to say, I love that trade. You're totally overpaying. But you know what? I'm not allowed to trade Juan Soto. So the reason Mike Rizzo came out and said it in normal circumstances when a GM says that a player's not being traded, that's code for, hey, he's available, but you're going to have to overpay. But when a team is for sale the way the Nationals are and Mike Rizzo comes out and says we're not trading Juan Soto, there is a business reason he's not being traded, not a baseball reason. And when there's a business reason for something to happen, that will happen. So Juan Soto is not going to be traded. We know this. And the Nationals are going to be sold. We know that too. All right. Do you have the music, Mikey? 
For so you want to talk to Samson? I don't think you do. I think I think Coca may have that. I can't remember. You don't? Okay. So here it is. I can't remember what it is. Bing. I think that's the music that Coca plays. So you want to talk to Samson. That is from a movie called Half Baked. And I appreciate all of our listeners who give me movies to watch and ask me whether or not I'm baked or fully baked or half baked when I'm reading their messages or responding to their messages. I'm currently 069th baked because I'm doing a show and I would never do a show baked ever. Hey, can you? Yeah, sorry. One second, Mikey. Can I have that Twinkie, please? Just, I'm starving. I'm in the middle of the show. Just, no, okay, the cupcake's fine. One second. Sorry. Turn the camera off one second. I just got to have one quick Twinkie. Quick, quick, quick. Okay, thank you. Mm, that was delish. Do you know a question I never asked myself as a kid? What's in the middle of a hostess cupcake? I never really asked. Didn't matter. It t- do you know what I miss about not having taste or smell? And no, I don't have it back. The taste of a hostess cupcake when you are 39, 80 seconds baked. You put it in your mouth. I don't know how people eat hostess cupcakes, but I'll tell you how I do it. I go... I do it in a totally organized way. Ready? Picture the cupcake in front of you, right? It's got the sort of chocolate cakey top, like the hard top and the and the white swirls, and then the sort of muffiny bottom and the cream in the middle. So first bite incorporates both top and bottom, and I'm deep enough that I get the edge of the cream filling. That's bite one. Mm. Swallow it. Move on to bite two. Bite two is a bottom-up bite. I bite from where I, where I ended the first bite, the muffiny part at the bottom, from the bottom up so I get cream and muffin, but I don't get any of the crusty top, which I love. Third bite, I go to the other side, the untouched side, go down from hard crust, bottom, cream, and that leaves me for the final fourth bite. Now, you can do a hostess cupcake and fewer, but I love the fourth bite. The fourth bite is the final all in, and it's just big enough for my little mouth, five five, my little mouth, where I have a little bit extra that ends up invariably on the left or right side of my mouth that I get to take not with my tongue because that's an absolute mistake, inefficiency. If you use your tongue to finish off the hostess cupcake, you are risking dropping some of it on the floor. So I go the finger windshield wiper swipe, left to right, across the mouth, in, and that's the hostess cupcake. My God, do I miss that. I tried one after I lost my taste and smell, and uh, it tasted terribly. And so I haven't had one since. And I don't know why it tasted terribly, because I have no taste. So I should have remembered how good it was, but there was something about it. And then I got to thinking... Maybe I shouldn't be eating the cream filling. So, so you want to talk to Samson is when people ask me questions on Twitter at David P. Samson. I have no idea why that just came to my mind, but it did. And that's how we roll here, Mikey, on Nothing Personal. So, I'm on a call with a friend. Okay, good start. You could have started with, hi, David, but okay. He would like you to address, how early do teams start to look to make trades? Because he received an email from the New York Mets saying that they are halfway to the trade deadline. I love that question because I'm not sure it's a total question. But you want to know how early did teams start to make trades? 
if we've taught you one thing on nothing personal, it's this. When you run a baseball team, there's no off days. 365 days a year, you are looking to improve your roster. It doesn't matter. Even after the trade deadline, you are talking trades both internally and externally. Before social media, before texting, there were specific times when you would speak to other teams' general managers, certain times when you'd see other teams' general managers. You'd see them when you go on the road. You'd see them when they come to your place. You'd see them at GM meetings, at winter meetings, sometimes at owners' meetings. Once in a while, you pick up the phone, schedule a call, just a general, what we would call a snipe call. A snipe call is in baseball when someone gets hurt. Let's say there's an injury. Let's just say that a pitcher goes down. Excuse me. Did I hit the cough button there? I've got an amazing backup of sneezing and coughing at the moment, and it's not allergies. It's not COVID either. I think I started thinking about Hostess Cupcakes. A snipe call is when a pitcher gets injured, and you immediately call that team because you've got a pitcher, and you say, hey, uh, do you want my guy? You need my guy, right? Listen, we have a list here. You can pick any two of the following four. And the GM says, well, those are my four best prospects. And we'd say, but you need a pitcher. You're a contending team with an injury. And they'd say, that's, that's ridiculous. There's no way we're doing that. That's called a snipe call, which is why when a player gets injured, you often see a GM go public because they're trying to get word to the other GMs. And they all say the same thing, but we're never fooled. But they all say the same thing. We feel like we've got the depth within our system to overcome this injury. We feel like we've got the people in this locker room to continue and make the playoffs. But every time we say that, we're lying to you. Because we sit in an office with the manager, and the manager says, go get somebody. I'm not going to pitch this donkey every fifth day. Well, he's our top draft pick from six years ago. I don't care. You want to win? So then you start making calls. So it's never too early. And the New York Mets are an interesting example, right? Because they've got a very high payroll. They've got their starting rotation of Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom hurt. But somehow, they don't lose games. They've got the largest division lead. And they've got a new owner who promised a World Series in three to five years. But they're butting up against increased luxury tax penalties. So the Mets are not going to replace Scherzer and DeGrom because what they say is, we've hung on, we have been able to stay in first place, our division, it turns out, is way weaker than we thought it was going to be, and we are making acquisitions at the trade deadline, we're getting Scherzer and DeGrom back. With the Marlins, I used to say that to our guys a lot. I know you want us to make moves, and we did make a lot of moves, and people have complained about all the young players we've sent out to make moves at the deadline and how once in a while it worked like once in 03 and the rest of the time it didn't work but often we would say to our our baseball people hey listen we're getting back some guys and that's gonna count right and the reason why i would say that is that we actually were taking on payroll because whenever a player gets injured they're still getting paid at the major league rate even though they're on the injured list so that to me counts as major league payroll But there's a computation that baseball people make, which is called your 25-man payroll, 
Well, now it's 26. Your 26-man payroll. So let's say Max Scherzer's making $40 million a year, and the 26-man payroll is $250 million. Well, when Max Scherzer's on the DL, then you get to say my 25-man payroll is only $210 million. And my answer always was, you're right. But my injured list payroll is now $40 million, and we only budgeted it to be $5 million because we always had a separate budget for 26-man payroll, for 40-man roster payroll, which is all the people under 40-man roster, and then something called your injured list payroll. Your injured list payroll are players who are not playing for you but still getting paid. And when you go over budget in any of those, the money's got to come from somewhere because you are over budget with what your expenses are supposed to be. But baseball people in general say, you can't count that. I mean, you got to look at what we have on the field. But if you are a business person, you don't look at it that way. You look at the macro number. So the Mets have not had any payroll relief by having Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer hurt. It still counts toward their competitive balance tax threshold, their luxury tax threshold payroll. It still counts as cash out the door for Steve Cohn. So replacing that by bringing on somebody when your team is in that position makes no sense or dollars. But if it were a team other than the Mets, you'd have to think about it, right? If you're a team that still has budget availability, because we also had a budget for player acquisition during season, because we knew that if we were in it, we wanted to add players, we wanted to add money. So when you do a budget and you tell your owner how much you're going to lose, you have to make sure that you have accounted for every possible contingency, fewer fans, more fans, fewer corporate sponsors, more corporate sponsors, more injured players, increasing your payroll at the trade deadline, etc. So you got to be prepared for all that. We always like to make trades in May because then it gives you an opportunity to see whether or not your team is going to maintain or increase its performance and its place in the standings. And it still gives you time before the trade deadline, which was at the end of July and this year is August 2nd. So it's not too early, but it's clear that the Mets in their position are good and they're gonna stay good, and they're gonna use DeGrom and Scherzer as their trade deadline acquisitions. If I'm the Mets, I'm definitely getting bullpen help. Definitely. You cannot go into a postseason without acquiring bullpen help at the deadline. That has been a proven fact. I appreciate the question. All right, Mikey, I think we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna review a movie that one of you asked me to watch, and then we're gonna talk a little bit about a verdict that came down yesterday that I know caught your attention. We'll be right back. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 
Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It is June 2nd, 2022. You're here with Mikey from Morning Combat. No coca. He's at a wedding. There's no show tomorrow. We'll be back on Monday, I promise you. But Mikey is going to be at a wedding. Coke, by the way, you're both at weddings. What is this? Do you take days off for divorce? How does that work? How come people only get days off like to go to a wedding? What if you have to go to like a divorce party or a divorce ceremony? Does that, do you get the day off for that? No one ever asked that. I've never been asked that in my career. Hey, I'm getting divorced. I need a day. No, but you get a day for your, your wedding. Then you get like a week for your honeymoon. I think that people should get like a week off for their divorce moon. Yeah, man, I just got divorced. I got to go slay for the next week. I need off. No one ever does that. All right. Changing subjects and getting more serious. I love when you tell me to watch a movie or watch a show or a documentary. And I get to some of them, but I don't get to all of them. But I did watch Our Father. Our Father is the story of a doctor, a fertility doctor, named Donald Klein. I'm going to keep saying his name, Donald Klein, C-L-I-N-E. Donald Klein would do the following. He would have a woman come into his office and say, can you help me, please? I have fertility problems. I'm going to need the turkey baster treatment. I'm going to need you to take semen, and I'm going to need you to put it inside me so that I can have a baby. And Donald Klein said, what are you looking for? Well, 6'4", 210. I'm talking like Kevin from This Is Us, like a physical specimen. I'm looking for Giancarlo Stanton. Well, you can look through the book and just choose whatever picture you want because these are the people who have donated their sperm and will take it, no problem. And here's their health history and here's their height and their weight and their family history. And that will be 50% of your kid because your husband, if, or if you're single, you're single and you just want a father. So you want the sperm. So Donald Klein would go into his office and he would say, I've got a way better idea. I think I'm going to put my semen into my patient. So he would sit there and come in a cup, take the cup, walk into the room, and put his sperm up into the woman. And all of a sudden, the woman would get pregnant. And then the woman would have a baby. And wouldn't you know it, the babies would grow up and they'd say, man, I can't figure something out. Why do I have blonde hair and blue eyes? Everyone else has dark hair. Was I adopted? And then the parents say, well, no, but we had some fertility help. But I'm telling you, I chose a dark-haired, dark-skinned person. I don't really understand what's going on. And then this one woman realized, hmm, something must have happened bad. It turns out that Donald Klein did this to tons of scores of women. There are about 95 kids out there who have health issues because their father was an old, fat, crappy A-Rod with autoimmune issues, other health issues. And these kids have him as a father. And do you know what our legal system did to him? Zero. A suspended sentence and a fine of 500 bucks because he lied when he was asked to fill out a document and answer questions when these women tried to get the DA to press charges. It's not rape. He didn't physically attack these women. It's not assault and battery, they were told. 
kind of legal system do we have where a man, a doctor, someone who you absolutely put your trust in can do the number one violation to a woman who has fertility issues or a couple who has fertility issues? It's like having your own psychologist who isn't interested in helping you but is interested in sleeping with you or is interested in making you worse, not better. So you keep coming back for more because they've got dental issues for their kids or vacations they want to plan. It's just such a violation, isn't it? When you go to a doctor and they say, hey, you're going to need the following 16 tests for 10 grand because I'm a little worried that you may have a problem in 10 years. Huh? It's not covered by insurance. No, you could just pay our office directly. Now, am I being cynical toward the medical profession? Slightly. Is it from personal experience? Maybe. But I'm really talking about Donald Klein here. The reason why you should watch Our Father is that it's quite important for you to realize that trusting has to be built, trust has to be earned, and then verified, and then checked, then confirmed, then questioned, then believed. Donald Klein, you are one of the great POSs I've ever come across. Our father. Why was the Johnny Depp Amber Heard verdict breaking news? Is that because everybody was interested in this case? Every channel went breaking with the verdict yesterday. Johnny Depp is the actor. Amber Heard is the actress. Elon Musk's former girlfriend, Johnny Depp's ex-wife. She claimed defamation against Johnny Depp because Johnny Depp and Johnny Depp's lawyers said some not very nice things about Amber Heard after Amber Heard wrote an essay like four years ago, five years ago, whenever it was. She wrote an article saying, I am going to speak up for women who have suffered from domestic violence and abuse. Johnny Depp said, you talking about me? I never touched you. You touched me. I'm suing you. Johnny Depp sued Amber Heard for defamation. Amber Heard sued Johnny Depp for defamation. And there were seven amazing people in Virginia and a judge and bailiffs and sheriff's deputies and John Larroquette. Larroquette? Larroquette? Ah, I blew that joke. John Larroquette played a deputy on a show called My Court. It would have been way funnier if I had his name, John Larroquette, but I didn't. He was also in Stripes. He was the commander, the crazy guy with the telescope into the woman's showers. That guy. The one who tripped on something and said, have that removed. That guy. All these people spent seven weeks of their lives. So we, as citizens of the United States and people around the world, could be voyeurs into the lives and trials and tribulations of celebrities. We heard videotapes. We heard people testifying about the insanely toxic relationship between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. It was totally crazy to me. Yet you all wanted to hear about it. So the verdict came back yesterday. I wanted to just explain it. So when you're asked today about it, you can answer because how can it be that everyone is saying Johnny Depp won? 
Johnny Depp won in the court of public opinion because everybody came out against Amber Heard because she looked a little flustered and she sounded maybe like she lacked a little bit of credibility. I'm not sure Johnny Depp has any credibility of any kind saying my whole career is ruined. My life is ruined. I need money. I lost money. I got fired from this job. I didn't get this job. Well, Johnny, you didn't get this job because you become a caricature of yourself. Like what happened to the guy from Blow? So the verdict came back that Amber Heard defamed Johnny Depp and owes him $10 million, $12 million, plus punitive damages, proving there was actual malice. That's what the jury came back and said, that Amber Heard used an actual malice. That's no joke in the legal world. When you have a proven actual malice, it's not sort of malice. It's not slight malice. It's not perceived malice. By the way, Number one scene of any movie. I can't say that. Certainly a top five scene. The Alec Baldwin, Nicole Kidman, Bill Paxton movie. James Paxton, Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman and um, Nicole Kidman and Alec Baldwin were in a movie called Malice. If you want to Google a scene, go Google the God complex scene. And maybe that will explain why Donald Klein did what Donald Klein did. Because that's a scene where Alec Baldwin explains not that people should pray to God when he's doing surgery. And he was a fertility doctor, by the way. That is so funny how my brain works. Movie is malice. He says, you don't pray to God, you pray to me. I am God. It's a great scene. Why that was in my head. Oh, because Amber Heard, that's malice. And Amber Heard committed actual malice. Very hard to prove, but the jury bought it. But then the jury also said that Johnny Depp defamed Amber Heard. So Amber Heard's defamation of Johnny Depp was a $10 million defamation, but Johnny Depp's defamation of Amber Heard was a $2 million defamation or 12 and two, whatever it is. She owes eight or $10 million to Johnny Depp. They're both going to appeal. You haven't heard the end of this, I promise you that. But then the interesting part about this case, which was quite strange to me, is that Amber Heard, for whatever reason, wants you to believe, and you know where I stand on these issues, I am all for very much in favor of drawing attention to and stopping domestic violence. I can't, it's unacceptable to me, you should never. How could you ever raise your hand to a woman, ever, ever? Or raise your hand to a man, for that matter. Like, like, don't slap anyone, don't be Tommy Pham, don't be Will Smith, don't hit anyone, don't throw anything at anyone. It's, it's so ridiculous. Like, that's how angry you are. Walk away. Walk away. Take a breath. Amber Heard is saying that by losing this case and by the jury deciding what they decided, it's a step backwards for all women. All women are going to now stay silent when they get abused. Well, that's not at all what happened here, and that's not at all what's going to happen. Because if you are a victim of domestic violence, you're not alone. And assuming that you don't have the syndrome where you believe that your husband loves you and you believe that your husband won't do it again, you believe your husband won't drink again, please don't believe that because it's not true and it's not going to happen. If it happened once, it will happen again, no matter what he says, no matter what she says. Have the strength Watch the show that we reviewed called Made. It's not easy, but you can do it. 
there are people who will help you do it. Don't let Amber Heard and this decision be the reason why you stay silent and stay in an abusive relationship. Don't give the power to these celebrities. Please. Please. Okay. Did you see Justin Verlander? He pitched seven good innings. We went 67 and 50 now because the Astros beat the A's. That was a good win. 67 and 50 in our picks of the day. Not so shabby after 100 and... What do we have? 117? Not bad at all. 67 and 50. Guess what tonight is? The NBA Finals. Let's give a preview. The Golden State Warriors are favored to beat the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals. The Golden State Warriors have home court advantage, which the Boston Celtics have proven doesn't much matter. As a matter of fact, if the Celtics had a choice, my guess is they'd skip the cross-country flight and play seven times in Golden State. Why risk flying all the way to Boston just to lose? Well, money, that's one reason. If Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, four times out of seven, don't turn the ball over, shoot over 50% from threes and from the field, they'll win four games. If Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, and Steph Curry shoot four times out of seven, four games out of seven, 50% from the field or three-point range, they'll win the four games. So then you got to look to the defense. You got Draymond Green, Wiggins, Looney, Clooney, Margolis. Unbelievable defense, both sides. How do you bet this series? Well, we have learned that betting the NBA this postseason is practically impossible. The games are blowouts, then there are runs. Whoever has the hot hand is winning the games. So here is my suggestion. I request that today you take the Golden State Warriors and lay three and a half over the Boston Celtics. Then, if the Warriors lose the game, then I'm going to request you to take the Warriors over the Celtics in game two on Sunday. If the Celtics win tonight, take the Warriors. If the Warriors win tonight and cover, don't bet game two. And the reason is that what I do know is that Golden State may be up to nothing. The Celtics will not be up to nothing. And at worst, it'll be 1-1. So if we lose tonight, double down and go Golden State Sunday. If we win tonight, sit out Sunday, see how the series unfolds, and we'll come back next week with a pick for game three. The NBA has become difficult. It's quite exciting to watch. The NBA is quite happy with this finals matchup when you've got Boston against Golden State. The Warriors are going for, they've won, this is their sixth finals in eight years. We talked about the fact that the Bulls lasted that in the 90s. It's pretty incredible. The Celtics have not won a title since Doc Rivers won it for him in 2010. And this would be an unbelievable title run for them in their young core. Remember, Tatum and Brown are kids. They're like in their early 20s. The oldest guy is Horford, who's 35. It's totally insane. We'll see what happens. But for now, the pick is Warriors three and a half over the Celtics. But pay attention to what I said about game two, because I'm looking out for your wallet. Because I know it's just business. Thank you, Mikey, for pinch hitting.
Have fun at the wedding. I'll see everybody Monday. Have a safe, good weekend. Be smart. Hey, kids, don't do drugs. It's nothing personal. (laughs) Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.